0: Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there. I'm Sandra,
1: and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
0: Looking back through the episodes, what I see in every single guest that has come on to share their story and their wisdom is that they are incredible humans who have been through monumentally hard times and that's putting it very mildly and they have made the decision to heal. Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me, I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls and the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected What our parents bring to our lives And what our parents bring to our lives Is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives And that's the cycle of families I have always craved connection with real and raw stories To understand what makes you, you What makes you the absolutely unique human that you are Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story. What happened to them, how they got through and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, Please seek a helpline in your city. Hey my beautiful friend, if you suffer from anxiety and are sick of all the ways it's taking over your life, please take a look at Panic Away. For over 10 years now, Panic Away has been showing people how to break anxious patterns, and get their old carefree self back. The person they were before anxiety ruled their life. Panic Away shows you how to break the anxiety loop and it gives your nervous system a chance to relax. It's totally drug free and highly successful and it helps people with all levels of anxiety. Panic Away comes with a full money back guarantee, so you really have nothing to lose and everything to gain. It's time to take back control of your life, your happiness, and your freedom. A life free of anxiety is like living an entirely different life. Click the link in the show notes for access to Panic Away. Hey, my beautiful friends. What an incredible year we've had on this podcast. Looking back through the episodes, what I see in every single guest that has come on to share their story and their wisdom is that they are incredible humans who have been through monumentally hard times, and that's putting it very mildly, and they have made the decision to heal because that is a decision and spread their beauty and their light into the world to inspire and inform others so that you have the chance to heal too. And that's the thing about healers. We are called to be that light, to be that person that changes the experience of another person here on earth. How many times have you heard somebody say, if this changes the life of just one person, then I've done my job in sharing my story. And that's absolutely the truth of what a healer is. Healers understand that what has happened to them is incredibly damaging and wrong and they want to make sure that their story has purpose in changing the world for the better in some way. When I sit down with, no exaggeration, every single guest that has ever been on this podcast, I think, oh my gosh, I am so blessed to connect with the calibre of humans that I get to connect with every week. And when I'm editing the podcast and I'm trying to pull out my top few quotes to put up on the socials, most of the time it's like so hard because every single thing that is being said is honestly like pure gold. I've always imagined this incredible gathering of all of the guests and all of you beautiful self-healers. And what that might be like standing in a huge circle, holding hands and feeling the love and light flowing between us, that beautiful healing energy. Can you even imagine? But for this, one of the final episodes of 2022, I really wanted to highlight some of the incredible insights that this year on the podcast has created for us. Within the theme of inspiration and healing, I have captured a little piece of wisdom from each of my guests in 2022. I hope you enjoy connecting back in and hearing what each one of them has found important on their own healing journey.
3: When I became pregnant with my daughter, I cried because I was going to have another daughter-mother-daughter relationship. So I was worried at first. I think I'm pretty hard on myself. I have to be honest. I always worry that I'm going to become my mother. And I will say to those who worry about the same thing, the very fact that you worry about that means that you're not like your mother. (laughs) And I have to remind myself all the time that I am not my mother. I won't become my mother. I have so much awareness around being a mother that there's no way I will become her. But I do catch myself, you know, doubting myself or somehow thinking that I can't be a good mom because of my generational cycles of, you know, bad mothering, I guess, in my family. And so I think I work extra hard to be cognizant and aware and present with my children. I'm not perfect. I have very small children. They're, you know, To 17 months and my oldest is six so they're very young still but I I think I'm just hyper aware of making sure that I am the best mother that I can be because of how I was mothered and that can also go the opposite way though so I also encourage people like me who are just so hyper vigilant and so wanting to be different than their mother to give yourself some grace. I mean, I, I try very hard to give myself grace and I am not the best at it, but I'm working on it because I know that if I continue to beat myself up, I guess, and you know, if I didn't do something perfectly, or I yelled at my kids one day, or I didn't do something the right way that I felt like I should do in a certain way, I beat myself up. And so I think that you know, you can't be a perfect mother. You can only be the mother, the best mother you can be for your own child. And by being their mother and being present and being, I guess, accountable towards them, you're being a great mom.
4: What I want for the future, honestly, just to have more years of happiness than i would had of darkness. I think every survivor should, should try to do that, even though it's really hard, we really know, but Instead of reliving the past as I was doing for many years, I just wanna, uh, you know, count on more years of happiness than ahead of darkness. And I think I will be in advantage, if that makes sense. So this is what I want. I, I, I feel actually fortunately because the years that I had, the worst years of my life was the years that was not under my control. Now that I can control my future, I'm trying my best to make sure that I won't repeat the same mistakes that I am looking for cure. And because if you think about this as well, right, our parents act like that because they don't seek cure and then they repeat the abusive cycle that grow, they grow up. So this is what I want. Now commit, now make the same mistakes, make the cycle, break the cycle completely and such fresh
5: with my own family. I don't know if people want to be friends with me or they're going to care what I have to say because again I just still have that programming left from like my parents and everything but you know it's a work in progress and I'm working to kind of break out of that so I can just grow into myself and gain a little bit more self-confidence and and stuff but in the moment it's just it's nice to be able to just be able to try something without somebody being like, "Mm, I don't know what people are going to think about that. It's just, it's nothing but support and being like, go for it. You know, like do what you want to do. That makes you happy. Again, just as long as you're safe and you're healthy, that's all that matters. It's just nice being able to have that freedom to just self-discover essentially. Right now I feel like I'm a work in progress. So I haven't really got into like the official role of who I am yet because there's still so much to be discovered that I feel like it's going to be a never-ending discovery now that I'm not so restricted so what I can say who I am now could vastly change in the next year or five years but I'm ready for that you know that evolution essentially because now that you know I'm not Having my wings clipped, I can actually like fly now and get to try things and and meet people and put myself out there and not be judged or fear of being judged or if they do judge or try to
6: manipulate, it's like
5: nah, you're not going to be part of my life. Yeah.
6: <laughs> Gratitude is a beautiful sentiment. It is a virtue, and it's a limiter. I actually prefer celebration which to me is a liberator. And by that I mean, you know, and again I speak only to my experience. There's a lot of guilt and shame that can be entangled in the energy of gratitude. Well, don't you know what I gave you, you should feel grateful. Well, you have this, what do you have to cry about? You should just be grateful. Well, you should just get down on your hands and and we tend to weaponize it, right? And also for me in my own life gratitude never felt true for me. I mean, again, the the wisdom of the intention is true, but, but that particular qualifier never felt true for me because I thought it meant that I had to settle, right? Or that only certain aspects of my life are worthy, are valuable. I'm going to celebrate the stuff that I like. But when you're in celebration, you're understanding with more of a conscious participant in your life, that everything is an opportunity to expand and serve you no matter how it looks, no matter how it feels. So it kind of takes you out of this idea that only certain aspects of your life are worthy or valuable and everything in your life is a celebration. You are a celebration. Everything that you're creating, the mistakes, the wobbles, the innovation, all of your genius, all of it combined is worthy being recognized and loved as a way to just turn
7: you on to what else is possible. And I think my saving grace is my, my rebellion, my, my pure rebellious streak that I have, you know, I have been hell-bent that I am going to be the total opposite of my mother. And yes, I know that that dictates my behavior and that she is still essentially in control of me because of that, which I grapple with sometimes, but I'm okay with it because I know that I won't at least make the mistakes she made and that at the end of the day, I'm going to have a good relationship with my kids and um, my two, my two and a half year old my daughter like she's a I didn't know we could have her like we had kind of given up on kids and so she was a surprise to us and every single day that she challenges me it is a blessing because she is going to break that cycle for me like I'm going to have a relationship with her that I didn't have with my mother and it's going to be a great relationship you know and none of those things that played into my relationship with my mother this relationship and you know i am really determined and even in our really really hard moments because we've had some i i'm always just really like i love you (laughs) you are beautiful you know so i have a lot of techniques and i've really gone off my way to educate
8: myself and i learned how to love myself and i love myself not to the point of arrogance or, you know, that uh, people, people use this analogy in the Bible. It says, love your neighbor. But if it says, love your neighbor, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't love yourself, how can you love anybody else? If you don't pour into yourself and love yourself and take care of yourself, how can you pour from an empty cup?
9: Yeah.
8: it's no way. And so I'm in a place in my life where I have peace I don't have to live in shame. I can talk about my story without shedding a tear because I'm happy and I released him. The hardest part was for me to forgive myself. It was the hardest because I felt like I could have done something. I could have done something different. I could have ran and told somebody and didn't have to do this. But that was all part of the guilt. So I had to release the guilt. I'm not allowing you to chokehold me with guilt and shame. So I had to release it. I think we need to learn how to identify emotions,
10: regulate them and and teach our children that. um, I've seen in my own culture, the traumas that parents have gone through because of their their parents that has been passed down, they take it out on their children. I think you need to identify your trauma, identify how that has affected you, And identify how that affects your parenting style. Because children, I say this all the time, parents are the cause of their children's trauma. They really are. Children don't cause themselves trauma. It comes from somewhere. If it's not at school, it's the home environment. It's the parents. So you need to be very self-aware of the words you're saying, what you're saying, how you're saying it. it. The tone really matters. And be careful not to take out your own Insecurities or frustrations or trauma, don't take that out on your child. That's where you need to be very open and self-aware. That's when you need to be very critical of yourself and, you know, learn about your own triggers, learn about how you respond to stress and triggers, and then even acknowledge if you've taken it out on your children or not. Because children remember, you know, they they remember, they, they, they hear it, they feel it, they speak it, they learn it, they start they start imitating the same behaviours. So if you want to be a role model, you need to look within yourself first. So it's I think it's a
11: build-up of time and a build-up of growth that, that has enabled me to now just calmly say, it's happened. You know, I can't change the past. All I can do is change how I move forward. So once, once I got that mindset of, of understanding that Whatever has happened is unchangeable. That that was a, a game changer for me. Being able to move forward, not not being stagnant in that negative mindset, not being stagnant in whatever difficult moment that was, and just actually letting it go. And it does. It takes time. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. And it's constant, it's a constant journey, <laughs> constant learning, and constant growth. And I try to do something every day that. That helps that growth. You just need to start your healing journey when the time is right for you. I do sort of look back and think, I wish I could have done this years ago, but it just wasn't the time, and I obviously wasn't in a place to be able to do it. Another thing which is very cliche, but again, I've learned it's so very true that be aware that healing is a journey not a destination like I said earlier I was like yep bang 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 I'll be sorted in six months and I'll be all done and I'll be good and yeah I've learned that unfortunately isn't how it works and I suppose another thing is to be aware when you do you know decide to perhaps see a therapist or get some help in some form that your mood and and mental health will quite likely get worse before it gets better so yeah at the bad times I was like I'm paying all this money I'm putting in all this work and I'm feeling worse than I've ever felt in my life <laughs> like this isn't such a good idea but yeah obviously have to go there to start to be able to come out the other side and like we've already said get a trauma-informed therapist try and have a good group of people around you supportive people and yes if you don't succeed with your first therapist try again which is hard but you know really encourage people to do that and then the other thing is well fortunately and unfortunately there is a very large community of survivors out there that can help and support you on your journey which I have really found, like, initially with you, Dawn, Well, you at the beginning, and then, yeah, like getting into Instagram groups, listening to podcasts, all those sorts of things have really helped and, and really helped me definitely in my healing. And also, I suppose, yeah, it would be really good even more so, you know, if you feel you don't have a lot of people close to you that are supporting you these different supportive sort of child abuse groups and stuff are just so supportive and no judgment. And you hear other people's stories and think, Oh my God, everyone's story, like the actual story of abuse or whatever is never, ever going to be identical, but the result and the feelings and the trauma that comes from that and is all very similar. Yeah. Yeah of the, you know, the shame, the guilt, the pain, the feeling dirty, like all those things are just also common, no matter what the actual events were of the sexual abuse.
12: My mother passed away a couple years ago, but before she passed away, I would say the last few years of her life, We would have conversations about how I felt and what happened and she was very sorry about it and I had forgiven her. And so there was a period, I'd say in my twenties, I was very angry with my mother. I had a lot of anger towards her and she understood why. And I think over the years she became more receptive to understanding why that was there and she felt very sorry for it. And so we had a great relationship and I adored my mother. So it was sad to lose her. And my father, you know, when he when my mother passed away, he kind of shifted a little bit too. I think it made him aware of the choices that he made. And he got to see firsthand dealing with my sister, like became very clear to him that there were problems there. And that was something that he hadn't seen before, because my mother was dealing with it, he completely turned a blind eye. And so that has shifted our relationship. I think he sees what he did wrong. And he has apologized. And I think he regrets, he regrets the way he behaved when I was younger. And so it's not perfect. I still have mixed feelings because there's still that part of me that's trying to work through the grief of what I didn't have. But I'd say that, you know, it's the best it has been. So I'm grateful for that. We're, we're working on a functional relationship.
0: Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. And I guess when we do get to this point in our lives we we can see so clearly that the trauma has been passed down and that it's just been this unconscious kind of life hasn't it for parents and grandparents they're just doing things exactly as they have been always done and nobody's really looking at it nobody really knows how to deal with it and it's not a way to excuse it but it's just a way to understand that now we have so much information you know if we were maybe born 50 years ago we would have been in exactly the same place I guess it's just having that little bit of understanding too it's not excusing horrific kinds of behavior because I know a lot of people are going through really horrible things but there is that sort of level of understanding that it, it was passed down to our parents, our grandparents.
12: Yeah, I think I've gotten to the place where it, cost, it costs so much energy to have to hold on to anger and hate and just feeling like you need to have revenge or something like that because the trauma resolution isn't about revenge. It's about completion in your own physiology, allowing your nervous system to release what's being stored. And that's not something that your parent is going to give you that has to come from within you. And hopefully as a side effect, you'll be able to have some acceptance of what you choose to have as a relationship with them or not. And for me, it has been incredibly freeing to be able to move forward into a different phase. It's not going to replace or take away what happened, but I can move forward feeling like I'm not carrying the load anymore.
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a
13: professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
14: It's amazing. I was just thinking today, sitting on my patio, like, thank you so much. I'm just so grateful for this life that I dreamed about so long ago and that I actually have it here today. It's There's a lot of laughter and joy and I teach my kids often how to process their own emotions as they come up and how to connect with their bodies. So we have days that are woven with joy and laughter and fun and talking about emotions and how to be our best selves and take care of ourselves. And so that is all that I could ask for. I have healthy children. I have a beautiful home and the opportunity to help others on their own healing journey. So life couldn't get any better. The happiest that I would say is now. I mean, I don't think there's ever a point in my childhood where I can be like, I was genuinely happy during that time because there just simply isn't, you know, I did enjoy going to work with my dad. That's something that we did most of the time and i was the designated gate opener and i mean i i really did enjoy that time but you know that's maybe 8 hours out of the day that were fun and happy but after that it's back to you know the same old but genuinely now i'm the happiest that i've ever been and that's why i really do call my fiance my saving if it wasn't for him, I really don't know where I'd be right now. He's helping me in ways I never thought anyone would ever try helping me.
9: You know, I really am doing very, very well. You know, I've had lots of other, you know, challenges, probably mostly based on the trauma that I experienced. You know, I've I've been married a few times and divorced a few times and you know, helped raise some you know stepdaughters along the way and and you know it's life continues to teach you things and you have to continually stand for your health and your healing and your path and know that not every day is going to be sunshine and roses but but I I do feel very hopeful I feel very happy 90% of the time and I I someday want to write another book that is like the process of getting into the 90% which is the rest of your life that that 10% you can let it overcome you you could let it mushroom into oh that 10% experience is now consuming 20, 30, 40, 50% of my of my life instead of going no That was a 10% experience. I'm going to figure out how to get back into the 90%, which is the rest of my life, the place where I am the creator. I am in control of my experiences for the most part, uh, especially as an adult. And so that's really where I'm at. I, I want to now really go full time into helping others with that journey with their healing with telling their stories um you know that's that's what i that's why i'm doing what i'm doing right now and starting the foundation the book the podcast and if i can make a difference for you know one person that they feel hopeful or they start on their healing path and that and that allows them to influence their whole world that their children you know don't have to go through the the same thing that they did and that they don't have to pass that trauma on to the next generation that they can stop it
15: in order to heal and to live your best life you have to forgive and it's Mm -hmm. not an intellectual process it starts by first healing those traumas You know, you will not be able to forgive your parents, even if you say from the mouth out, because I've seen a lot of people do that now, if you haven't really healed those traumas. And that is an act of self-love, you know, because carrying those emotions inside of you, you're only hurting yourself. Mm. So, and I believe that this journey is about love. I believe that we are here on earth to learn about love, to love each other. It doesn't mean that what they did was okay, but learning to forgive them anyway forgive the 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 human being the soul or the person but doesn't mean that you're forgiving the act and it also doesn't mean reconciliation Hmm. you know if they continue to abuse you and if they continue to and this is what again why a lot of people don't heal they're too afraid to stand up to their parents they're too afraid to confront them to let them go even if it means letting them go which was you know in my case I had to set that boundary and you know my mother didn't even care she's not even interested which goes to show you know like I just set one boundary and that was it done she never looked back never even tried to contact me ever again wow and I had to choose that for myself it took a good seven years to make that decision it didn't I didn't just make this decision overnight but I just had this realization that even though I wasn't getting triggered anymore, I was still allowing abuse and that was not okay with me. I just got to a point on my journey where this was, why am I allowing this? Okay. I'm not triggered and I could predict her behavior and all of that, but I just, it just didn't sit well with me anymore. And I had to sort of own that truth. And I, and I was well aware of the consequences of my decision which is why it took me like seven years to make that decision. And yeah, I just, it just, I couldn't, there was something inside of me like an integrity or a truth that I will no longer allow abuse, even if it's from my family. And so the, the best, quote
2: unquote, best attachment style is secure attachment, which means all of your needs, your basic needs, and emotional needs were met. When you were nonverbal. In other words, you, you you couldn't communicate, right? And so you were fed, you were put to bed, you were bathed on time, happily, more you know, more often than not. And then your emotional needs, you know, if you were crying, somebody came, if he unhugged you, or maybe gave you a kiss. There was a lot of touch, you know, that kind of stuff. If you, if you had parents that were not there, that were, you know, never around either because they suffered from depression or you know, one of them took off, left the relationship, or one of them is incapacitated for some other reason, or they were there and just couldn't, couldn't do what they needed to do, that's called an insecure attachment. By the way, the caveat, any of these attachment styles can be reversed doing work with a therapist or anything. It's not like a death sentence, right? But it is worth noting. So if you have an insecure attachment, and you don't do the work to kind of work through that and rectify we well, recognize it, work through it, and then rectify it, what ends up happening is you often are not um, trustful. You can be avoidant with people. You can never fully commit because you're afraid that somebody's going to leave you or not meet the needs you have. And so- and so you can see how that, that would play out differently if how you're showing up in a relationship. And that's one of the most important things is not just to understand how the other person's behaving and what you need, it's to also really take a critical look at yourself and say, how am I showing up in these relationships? Am I showing up the way I want to? If not, why not? And a good place to start is really from as early on as you can remember, right? Cause so much of that is foundational.
16: I'm happy to celebrate two years since cutting out my NARC parent. My family, because of the dysfunction, you know, my father and my mother broke up when I was, and so unfortunately since then, I don't hear from my father anymore. Love him so much. He's moved on with his wife, He's uh, life, he's remarried you know, and I'm happy for him. I'm so happy for him. I also totally understand why he might not want to connect with me based off of the way that I was with, with my narcissistic parent. Cause this, if I'm being super honest, I was so brainwashed as a teenager. I chose my narc parent's side over, you know, his, unfortunately. And I, because I didn't know what I didn't know. And I spent more time with her than with him in my teenage years. And so she got into my brain and it really messed up my relationship with my dad, you know? sending you so much light and love, dad. But my mom, I have cut out August, 2020, and it was a really heart-wrenching conversation. It's not... It's the second time I cut her out, but this time's for good. The first time it was like three months. And then I went back hoping to like, okay, now that we've had a break, let's test the waters. Let's insert some new boundaries. Let's see if this can work. And things just spiraled. COVID was a really polarizing time for families. And so that was basically when for me, like the nail kind of hit the coffin where I made my request to go to therapy. I was met with more verbal abuse. And so I just said, all right, well then at this point, you know, I release you essentially. And yeah, so I don't have any contact with the one parent out of my own choice, the other because of what's just happened. And I'm okay with that. Like I'm only responsible for me and I can still love him from afar. And so, yeah, like that's that's the Cliff Notes version.
0: Yeah. And how is your life now? Because it just seems as if you're just in such a, a beautiful place. I can just feel yeah. the energy and the vibe. It's just like, it's just like a full circle isn't it
16: it feels good yeah I love my life like honestly it's it's beautiful it's a beautiful life like oh I'm getting a little emotional I just I love I have such a beautiful relationship with myself and it feels so good you know like I want that for the world because we're the only person we're guaranteed to be around 24 7 so we might as well like ourselves you know and being able to like do what i do now and give back and like take the the shit i've been through and and help women heal and and get to the same point in their lives where i am where they feel empowered and they know how to regulate their emotions they know how to deal with trauma responses and triggers they know how to communicate in healthy relationships in a conscious way instead of just like allowing their emotions to emotionally react to their partners or people in their lives like it's the most wonderful 180 I've ever done and and it's so fulfilling so I'm really happy and have peace like it's just life is good I don't know how else to say it it sounds so cliche and lame but like it's just Mm. wonderful
17: so the less you share with the person you think is a narcissist about how much you think they're a narcissist the better you know and Just take it one baby step at a time. Don't get too fixated on the vocabulary. Don't get too fixated on, well, is this person really a narcissist? Focus on their behavior. Focus on how you feel. Focus on how they are treating you because if they're not officially a narcissist, does that still make how they're treating you okay? Probably not. And you probably want to set some boundaries and kind of come up with a safe exit plan. So just kind of, take things one moment at a time, try and stay grounded in reality as much as possible. I you know, would encourage everyone to do some journaling at least like 10 minutes a day, just do a little bit of a brain dump, destroy the paper after so you don't have to worry about the narcissist finding anything. And that's gonna help you sort of untangle your thoughts and kind of come to terms with how you are feeling, not with how the narcissist says you're feeling or how anybody else says you should feel, Because when you connect with your emotions and you understand how you feel and you give yourself space for how you feel, because how you feel is none of anybody else's business. That's your emotions. That is your energy. Give yourself that gift because that, once you release those emotions, guess what that makes space for? Clarity. And you're going to see things so much more clearly, right? So just one baby step at a time and don't expect yourself to do this perfectly because There's no such thing as perfect. But with the conditioning from narcissistic abuse, we're all perfectionists at the end of the day. So just friendly reminder to just, you know, it's going to be messy. And don't beat yourself up if you fall for one of their traps, or if you don't perfectly process an emotion or whatever the case may be like there's you are a human being a human is an absolute mess and it is okay. And you will get there one baby step at a time. And another thing I will very quickly add on to is if you are wondering if someone's a narcissist, obviously something bad happened. Yeah. So don't gaslight yourself. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I love that we're humans. So we're a mess. That's, that's a good <laughs> message. <shall I>? Yep. <laughs> that's the truth. That's the truth. It really is. <laughs>
13: So, as children, we learn through mirror neurons that expression of is mom's face friendly? Is dad approachable? You know, as we look up for what we need. And if they're sort of zoned out, high, not available, sleeping on the couch, there's this, I suppose, loss of trust, this place of I'm not so sure you're going to be there for me. And so, a lot of the times, children of addicts become very efficient, effective you know, push through kind of adults, because there's a part of them that believes if if it's not going to be me, I can't count on anybody else to do it. And so this can be at the heart of a lot of, you know, burnout symptoms, you know, pushing ourselves beyond not listening to the, the slowdown cues of the body. And it can also, you know, it's almost like we, we bump right into living life like a parent, we can also fall into addictive, patterns, even though that's what hurt us most about our parent. It depends if we've come to a place of resolving that hurt or not. If we still hold a lot of bitterness, hurt, anger with our parent, we're actually more likely to pick up what we judge in them than if we had said, oh gosh, you know, no wonder mom was drinking all the time. She lost her mom as a baby. She never recovered from that or, you know, whatever that context might be where we're coming from a place of understanding instead of hurt and resentment.
18: And so here I am in this situation. Now, again, my mother has crashed this car, drinking and driving, hit me for the 10,000th time. I was done. At some point, you got to be done. And the problem is some people aren't done because they're 45 and they're still in relationships with abusive and narcissistic parents with partners who don't care about them and treat them like crap with family members who would much rather run them over with a car than help them up right and and we live in this weird world where and you know this we hear this all the time we live in this world where they say family over everything like nah not for me Not for my clients, not for the people that we work with and watch their lives transform, right? the The thing that I was good at as a kid was setting boundaries. I didn't have that word then; that word didn't even exist. I don't even. I think the word boundaries only just started like three years ago. And so I'm like, (laughs) I'm like a kid, and I'm like, no, no, absolutely not, no. And and so it just kept to, it it just kind of grew. Right. It it just exponentially grew into this thing where the more I went through, the more I pulled away. And part of that is, you know, looking back on and understanding it is the trauma response. Right. So I'm in the, I'm in a massive sympathetic state. Right. I have a 10 on this thing called the ACE score, Adverse Childhood Experiences Survey, right? Go research that if you don't know what it is. It'll change your life forever. I teach it, actually. And, And so I discover, like, looking back, it's like, oh, of course I behaved that way. Of course I did that thing. Look at this trauma. And so a big part of pulling away, because eventually I did the same with my grandmother as well, not to the same extent, but my grandma was all racist. Like she, she was a shitty person to be around as a biracial kid. And so eventually I got to the point where I was like, oh, I'm done with you too. We're not going to do this. This is my life. And that's the thing that I was able to do was to take all the data, extrapolate it for what it was. Most people hide The truth is right here in front of you, right? Like people put it in front of you. They'd be like, hey, look, this is the real shit happening in your life right now. And then like, you've probably seen that meme on the internet, like the house is on fire. And then that like captions is this is fine. That's what people do when they're faced with truth. They go, no, it's fine. Okay. Then don't complain. Because if it's fine, then that means it's, it's tolerable. And it was so intolerable for me at 18 These relationships, these friendships, these experiences with my family, I pulled away. In fact, besides my brother and my sister, I don't talk to any of my family. Because why? They don't bring value to my life. They're takers. They seep. They are people who are unhealed, who are continuing the cycle. And and that's what I recognized at 18. I, I, this moment with my mother, it was like, Don, I know this sounds wild, but like I meant it. Like I was going to kill her if she ever touched me again. Yeah. Imagine like it's it's that concept, like, like poking the bear. You can only do this so many times to a human before they have a full breakdown. And I was there. And so I made a decision. And that's the thing that is carried in through my life even to today. Like I am very quick to make decisions. Because if you think about it and you ponder it and you get in that space and so many people are like, yeah, but I know I'm telling you right now, somebody's going to email me and they're like, you should this and that, or this and that, and it's your mother and it's your grandma and it's your family and this and that. It's like, no, I do not agree. Your life is your life. You don't get any choice in what you're born into. And for some people we're born into massive chaos. And that becomes our nomenclature for what we understand to be life. That's the baseline. We look at it, we go, oh, this is life. I should accept it. And Don, I don't accept it.
1: And since my mom died, I just have this, this desire to just scream from the rooftops. This is your one life. This is your one life. Nobody else has to live your life except you. So like, let's step into that. Like what serves you? What magic and joy do you have inside that's gonna make you so happy, but also serve the world around you? You know, being selfish sounds bad because it sounds like we're just taking from everyone else. But really, when we're selfish, we give. We give our magic. And I just cannot be quiet about it. And I'm fully embracing that that desire to be like, I, you know, I'm a speaker. I love being on podcasts. I love talking. Like all of that is such a beautiful gift I have to share this message. And that doesn't make me like, I can embrace that. I can be like, yeah, I love being on stage. Yes. I love attention. Like that's okay. And I think, yeah, it took me a while to get there, but now with this newfound passion of just like, I want every woman to know that it's her birthright to honor herself and create a life that serves her. That passion has, uh, yeah, kind of uncovered that like, yeah, I love this and that's okay. And it's awesome. Yeah, And we all have that, right? We all have those things inside of us that we think we need to keep hidden we shouldn't brag. We shouldn't say like, this is what I'm great at. This is what I love. But those are, that's the magic that changes the world. That's the yeah. magic that we have for our communities and our families.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. Okay out. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I, I fully believe that too. We all have our own magic. We're just, it's just the fear that keeps us from allowing it to come out. And it's, it's incredible to see when people do stand in that magic and power. It's just such a beautiful thing and it's, it is changing the world. It changes people's lives. Thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me. If you listen on Apple, I would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. Check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode. If you're on Instagram, follow me at my big love project and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious, and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week.
15: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands.